You are are listening to Making Bank, where we uncover the mindset and success strategies of the top 1% so you can amplify your life and your business. Welcome to Making Bank. I am Josh Felber, where we uncover the mindset and the success strategies of the top 1% so you can amplify your life and your business today. Uh, super excited and honored for today's guest. Jonathan Veniak is an attorney and partner at Colorado Trust and LLC attorney. In this position, he helps business owners at nearly every entry level and in nearly every industry with asset protection, estate planning, and business formation. Beyond business owners, Jonathan also helps activists and all political persuasions to legally protect themselves and their net worth. So I'm excited to welcome Jonathan to Making Bank. All right. Thank you for having me. It's, it's really fantastic to be here. Thank you, Josh. Yeah. Awesome to have you on the show. Uh, super excited to learn about what you have going on, how we can help protect things, uh, our assets and our wealth and everything going on right now. Uh, my wife and I own a big, um, a big company and uh, in the uh, natural product space. And so we're always trying to find different ways to help uh, do protect things better, you know, whether it's buying real estate and, mm-hmm. uh, and different things and all that. So I guess give us a little of your background, kind of wrap it up and, and what do you do? Um, yeah. maybe for like that 1% that has no clue what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. So uh, before being, uh, an, or before becoming an attorney, uh, I was a financial advisor. And so I helped okay. manage, you know, high net worth, ultra high net worth portfolios for, uh, uh Wells Fargo advisors. I had a, had a partner there. It was fantastic to work with individuals who had already made their money, right? Those aren't typically when they're coming to us, they've, they've sold the business. Uh, they've got the liquidity right. already. They've got a significant nest egg they built. And they want to preserve it and protect it and grow it much different than people who have active operating businesses. Those people, uh, the ones who already have wealth typically don't have these special risks that many of our clients have in your if you're in a a, a products business you're you're producing creating marketing selling a product there's really some pretty significant risks associated with that you've got product liability risk you've got employee risk you've got regulatory risk all of these risks sure. and you need to really from the very beginning start thinking about how can i protect myself when your company's just starting some people will say, well, do I even need an LLC? You know, maybe I'll just go as a sole proprietor. The answer is no, you, you <laughs> should, you should not do that. It's a very small price to pay to get, uh, at least some protection when people have even greater needs for asset protection. That's where we can get into really some advanced strategies. And that's what our firm focuses on is, um, asset protection, predominantly using, uh, Wyoming. I'm Colorado and Wyoming licensed attorney and we own Colorado right. LLC attorney and Wyoming LLC attorney. Um, but, uh, really the focus of much of our planning now has a transition to Wyoming because it has a legislature that has actively worked to create some of the most protective laws in the country when it comes to businesses and trusts. So focusing a plan there. But then having tentacles that reach out to, if you're in California or Idaho or Alabama, uh, having the ability to operate your business there, but take advantage of what Wyoming has to offer is what we are experts in. Okay. So I guess, I mean, what, so tell us what, like, because I know like uh, probably years ago, I've owned like 15 companies over the years. So I I remember like Nevada, that was like the best place to, you know, one of the best places to go and have your LLC. Still is. Still is. 
Okay, great. So I guess where, like, you know, what does Wyoming offer from that standpoint? And and then how can we utilize this? So say we're in Ohio LLC right now. Mm-hmm. So how 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 could Wyoming help us with what we're doing, you know, here in Ohio? Yeah, it, it's interesting you, you mentioned Nevada because there's been this, this sort of arms race, I call it, among the states where <laughs> they, they don't want to raise taxes on their citizens. And they say, well, how can we get people to spend money here on attorneys, on, sure. you know, registered agents, on forming companies with the Secretary of State by renting offices and all these things? And, and Nevada and Wyoming have sort of been neck and neck. Delaware's out there as well. Okay. It's sort of a different case. Right. It's been the de facto location for companies which are really looking to raise capital. And they, uh, or have raised capital, public companies and the like, and, and they have something called the court of chancery, which makes investors feel very comfortable. When it comes mm. to a smaller company, you're not out raising capital, maybe friends and family or seed rounds, but not going out sure. and aggressively raising with venture capital and the like. Wyoming and Nevada are great choices because they're really focused on protecting the owners, which is different than what you okay. have in, in, in Delaware. Delaware, there's a sort of mix of, or balancing act between protecting the owners and protecting the shareholders. Uh, there, there is really, it is really focused on the owners in uh, Delaware and Wyoming. You know, the, the, the big distinction I would say between Delaware and Wyoming, I'm sorry, between Nevada and Wyoming is that Wyoming is really cheap. Uh, compared to Nevada. Okay. Nevada's prices to form a company, maintain a company, uh, legal uh, services, offices, and all of that are much more expensive than they are in Wyoming. But they're, they are very close. And one, one legislature will make a change that's more protective and the other one will be like, oh, okay, yeah, and then they go and do it. So uh, most people, though, to, to, to sort of get to your, your question, if, if you have an operating business in Ohio, we like to think about it, really take a, a very realistic view. What happens? You get sued. You harm someone with your product. Okay. It's not going to happen. I know, but it could. There's sort of these, you know, long sure. tail of probability distribution where it could occur. They sue you. Well, first thing you should have is good liability insurance, product liability insurance. If you are a landlord and own a rental property, do you have the right policy? And I see some folks who have a, you know, the property was their primary residence initially. And they turned it into a rental and they never talked to their insurance agent to get the right landlord policy and they may not be covered. They also may have a, a, an umbrella policy, but the umbrella policy specifically excludes uh, liability that comes from operating a business, right? So checking with insurance ah, first. Okay. That's your first sure. line of defense. Somebody sues the company nine times out of 10, that's going to be enough to pay their claims. What if it's not enough? What do they do? Well, they're going to have a judgment against the entity itself. So what is the entity worth? Okay. You actually want to, well, people say, I want to maximize the value of my company. No, <laughs> not the company that's interacting <laughs> with the public and has liability. You actually want to minimize that. Okay. okay. So uh, an, an example, it's a, it's, I think it's, it's a great one. Uh, a client of ours got, has a, a, he was operating a trucking company and the company owned all the trucks. It operated all the trucks. It had all the employees. If an employee gets in an accident, all of those trucks would be available to pay the claims of that plaintiff if they're successful. Mm. So they go through insurance and then all the trucks are available. So in a situation like that, what we recommend is you actually have two companies. You've got company number one, it owns trucks. It does not operate them, okay? All it does is own them. It's the United Rentals or Penske truck company, right? It rents the trucks or leases the trucks to the operating entity. The operating entity, if something happens there, there's a lawsuit, 
they don't get the trucks. The trucks will be, they'll go back to the, to the, to the lessor, right? Or the less, yeah, the lessor, the one who owns the trucks. You yep. could say the same thing if you have a, a products uh, manufacturing company. Okay. Is the, the, uh, a plant and equipment, is that owned by the entity which actually sells the products? I hope sure, not. Yeah, everything's all under the same umbrella. It shouldn't be under the same umbrella. You should have multiple umbrellas. And the more umbrellas you have, okay. you know, at a certain point, it can get ridiculous, you know, but uh, right. separating those things out with real estate, uh, you may have a, a property owning entity. And then you've got your management company. The management company interfaces mm -hmm. with tenants, signs the leases, is responsible for the maintenance of the properties. Now, with real estate, it can be difficult. It can also be difficult with products, products liability, where you uh, uh, there is a certain amount of liability that will always be with the manufacturer. There is a certain amount sure. of liability that will always be with the property owner. But what this allows you to do is actually you get two insurance policies, one for the building owner, Right, one for the management company, and if someone sues, you now have two sets of lawyers from different insurance companies. Hopefully, I recommend different insurers that are going to be protecting you. Okay, what if gotcha. you don't have? Okay. If they the the next thing that would happen if there's not enough assets within that LLC itself, and there's not enough insurance to cover the claim, it's terrible, egregious injuries. In that case, what they'll do is they'll try to pierce the veil. We read about piercing the veil. You hear about it. What is right. it? It means they go after the owners of the company for the liability that should remain in the company. And, you know, some of the best okay. things you can do, uh, if you look at the, and I've, I've looked at just about every state's veil piercing laws, and most of them are fairly liberal and give a lot of discretion to judges. The judge by a look or feel. What, what was there a fraud committed will be one of the things. And well, you know, maybe this could be considered fraudulent because they lied about the property being properly maintained. Right. And are you commingling funds? Do you could have good entity records? You know, do okay. you uh, uh, use company property for your personal purposes? They look at all of these different things. And, and typically there's a, you know, a laundry list of eight to 10 different things in most states, vary from state to state. And uh, if you have a single member LLC or you've got a husband and wife LLC or family member LLC, judges are more likely to allow a piercing event. In some states, a single member LLC, not not getting much protection at all in terms of veil piercing. No matter how good your records oh, wow. are, they may say it's really just your alter ego. So what you can do is uh, to add an additional layer of protection to make sure you're not right on the other side of that LLC is form a holding company right. in Wyoming. A Wyoming holding company uh, and Wyoming laws are structured so that veil piercing is extremely difficult. Uh, there's uh, th There was a case in I, I, 2008, 2010, where a judge in Wyoming allowed a veil piercing to occur and it's one of the, the few uh, sort of in the records in Wyoming. And the reason he allowed it to occur was it was a single member LLC. That was the basis of his decision. And Wyoming, okay. uh, after that decision, legislature was not happy. <laughs> They're like, we want people to continue to come <laughs> yeah. to Wyoming. We need this to work. So they actually took the discretion away from judges. And they said, there are these very few things that you can look at when it comes to whether veil piercing should be allowed. And one was fraud. Don't engage in fraud. You know. Sure. Is are you commingling funds? So basically, you're just you're just totally disrespecting the assets inside of the LLC. But what they took off was any decision based on whether it's a single member or multi member. Judge cannot think about that. And the other thing they did is they created something called the close limited liability company supplement. 
and they call them kitchen table LLCs. You know, if you and I are brothers, Josh, I don't know. You know we could be brothers. If, if, if you and I are brothers and we, and we have a company. You're all hair. We, <laughs> well, we average out the hair. Okay. <laughs> I have too much. <laughs> um, uh, so if, if, if we have, a, if we have a, a company, a kitchen table company, and we're brothers or a husband and wife or, uh, you know, partners, mm-hmm. we probably don't have meeting minutes. We're probably not taking notes. It's trust. I trust sure. you. We're going to do this. Boom. Josh goes and does it. I go and do it. We don't need fancy paperwork coming into this. And so with a close right. limited liability company, what Wyoming said was, you ain't, you don't need no stinking records, right? You, as long as you're paying your annual fee in Wyoming, you have your registered agent there. And I, I always recommend having a bank account in the name of the LLC. That is really one of the things that will hurt you in Wyoming and, and every state. It is sanct- okay. sacrosanct, right? Expenses of the business are paid out of that. The revenue from the business goes into that. Then it goes out to the owners, but don't short circuit. Right. But with this okay. uh, a close LLC as a holding company for your Ohio or Texas or any other state LLC, if someone pierces the veil, they get to Wyoming and they're stuck. That's mm-hmm. the beauty of uh, having a Wyoming holding company. And that, you know, our affiliate, so we're a law firm. But we, we have Wyoming LLC attorney, Colorado LLC attorney, and they do uh, registered agent and entity formation business in 50 states. Uh, okay. We do, you know, on a monthly basis, perform about 1,500 companies a month. And one of the things that we, we found was that uh, people wanted a Wyoming LLC for the privacy and asset protection it provides. I, I didn't mention this, but Wyoming is one of only a handful of states where you can form an LLC and the founders' names don't go into the Secretary of State records. We have a responsibility to That's maintain good. that information, but no one will own that. Know that Josh owns a Wyoming LLC, unless you tell them. Okay. Banks, you may have to tell banks. Sure. KYC, make sure you're not a, a, a money launderer or something like that. But uh, it's not going to be in the public uh, domain. So our our clients had a need, and they said, "Well, that's great, but Ohio doesn't allow me to form." A, uh, a private LLC. They're going to list my name in the Secretary of State records. So, so what we, we determined, and we started doing this in Florida, because Florida makes you put the name of the members in the uh, uh, Secretary of State records, who's the owner. But if the owner is an entity, you could put the entity down, right? So you have your Wyoming holding company, which is anonymous or private, listed in the Secretary of State records in another state. And then as the organizer, uh, we are the organizer of the company and initial manager, our name goes into the secretary of state records. And so we will, uh, no one would know if Josh founds a new Ohio LLC owned by a Wyoming holding company, and they could do this in any state, they would not know that you are connected to that company. And privacy is one of the things that, you know, you, you, you talk about keeping bank. If people know you're wealthy and they can look you up, you become a target. That plaintiff's oh, yeah, attorney sure. is going to say, yeah, they got a million dollar insurance policy, but let's shoot for five because I know Josh is wealthy, right? If they know you own a rental property, they may go for that much more because of it. And so that is one of the most important things that you need to start with right from the beginning is how do I maintain my privacy when I'm starting this business? Bitcoin, cryptocurrency, NFTs, investing is all an ever-changing landscape these days. And for me, the Modern Finance Podcast hosted by Kevin Rose is a great place to listen to the latest trends in crypto 
and brush up on the fundamentals. Crypto isn't for everyone until you listen to Modern Finance. Modern Finance is the crypto show for the novice and expert alike. Their mission is to demystify crypto and the world of NFTs without dumbing it down. True Venture Partner Kevin Rose interviews top tech experts and entrepreneurs exploring the modern finance tools and helping others understand crypto, NFTs, and even traditional finance hacks. Modern Finance offers two shows on a single podcast feed, one weekly consensus episodes that explores weekly news and distills it into digestible information, and then the deeper interviews, which I love, with individual crypto founders and NFT artists. Don't let your crypto guy friend be the life of the party. By listening to Modern Finance, you will feel well-equipped to discuss and understand the crypto and NFT landscape. Feel informed about your investments and don't miss out on the next big thing in crypto or NFTs. Join Kevin Rose on the Modern Finance Podcast every single week so you don't miss a beat. Ten years ago, some people called cryptocurrency a scam. Five years ago, people thought it was a fad. And now it's already over a trillion dollar market and growing. The Modern Finance Podcast helps you make sense of all the coins, NFTs, and chaos. Now is the time to equip yourself with the knowledge of where things are going. The financial landscape is harder than ever to navigate, but you don't have to do it alone. Download and subscribe to Modern Finance wherever you listen to podcasts. That's Modern Finance wherever you listen to podcasts. Don't be the last person on the next train out. Listen to Modern Finance and get ahead of the future of finance. So like with Florida, for example, so like we were, we've we been looking at property. We're looking at buying like a beach rental and stuff like that down in, down in Florida. So we would first set up a Wyoming company. And yep. then from there, that name would go on the purchase of the property or whatever. Or we'd set up a separate LLC in Florida, which would a separate LLC in Florida. You set up a subsidiary in Florida, wholly owned by Wyoming, and that would be the acquirer of the property. Now we want to talk about you know how 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 do you do this? Well, buying property, your your name is going to need to go into the title records and this and that. Sure. And, And 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 there's this sort of business case, and there's a privacy asset protection case, right? And so on the privacy asset protection case, what I, what I recommend people do is you actually get a commercial loan. It's an LLC loan. And maybe you can pay a couple more points and maybe you have a, uh, a larger down payment, but that's going to ensure that your name is not going into the secretary of, I'm sorry, into the title record for the property. We offer nominee services for our entities as well, for our clients, where we will sign uh, as a manager, so a nominee manager for the entities, as long as your lender is comfortable with it. And this way, your name isn't even attached to that property uh, in Florida. Hmm. What some people want to do, though, is they want to purchase the property with a Fannie or Freddie loan so that they can put you know, 10% down or 20% down and they can get a lower interest rate. Those loans, you can't purchase with an LLC. You need to purchase in your individual name. And then you could potentially transfer the property into an LLC, but you don't have the privacy because you're going to be in that chain of title for that property. You will have done a $0 value quit claim from yourself to the LLC. Any attorney worth their salt has a database that they can look at of all the real property records in the country. And I could see Josh owned this. He doesn't own it anymore, but $0 transfer to this LLC. I bet you that's him. We'll sue 
we'll we'll go after him. It's also in certain states like Florida. I'm not Florida licensed, but we work with plenty of Florida attorneys. The the problem with Florida is there's a transfer or stamp tax. So that transfer from you as an individual to the LLC, there would be a pretty significant stamp tax on. And so there there's a number of different things. This is all we do. And so we think about, you know, right. people schedule calls <laughs> uh, with me and my partner, you know, and, and they can book a half an hour of time with us. Uh, you know, no retainer. We, we keep it simple. They send us what it is they want to talk about half hour, an hour at a time um, at, at, at really reasonable rates and go over their situation. And, they, you know, here, here's what I'm looking to do. Here's how it works. Here's what I'm concerned about. Uh, I really want my privacy. This gets into the sort of, you know, are you politically exposed? Are you outspoken? And we hear about people getting swatted or doxxed or all these other things. All yeah. of those, if you have those additional concerns or you're wealthy, if you're, you know, an executive of a company, owner of a company, um, if you are uh, a doctor, if you're a lawyer, an engineer, a uh, architect, financial advisor, those kinds of things where they have this personal liability and people will be looking uh, at them. Um, in, in, in those cases, you, you know, we're, we're going to make different recommendations and sometimes get off the phone and it's like, look, this will be overkill for you. You're, you don't have any risk. Right. Okay. Right. So it, it needs to be on a case by case basis. A lot of people come with, they'll, they'll come to the table they've been reading and they sort of go down the rabbit hole of, uh, of the internet. And, and I, I want to do, you know, I want to do a land trust with this and that. And I say, so, let, let, let's, you know, t -t time out. What are you trying to do? And they're like, well, sure. you know, I'm a retiree. I have no liability and I'm buying my first rental property. Like, like, let's keep it simple. Like, let's just keep <laughs> it simple. You're going to be fine. Probably in your case, insurance may be the best thing to do, right? Load up on a, a, a liability policy for the property, a true landlord policy and, uh, and get a good umbrella. You're probably going to be good. You know, maybe put it in an LLC. Yeah, okay. Depends what state it's in. You know, if you're Calif California folks sometimes call, California costs $800 to form an LLC, right? Uh, wow. It is uh, and an annual fee of $800 on it. So the Franchise Tax Board uh, likes to charge that fee. And uh, in, in California, really weak protections from an LLC. The likelihood of piercing is, is quite high, especially for a single-member LLC. Hmm. And the question I ask is, you know, how dangerous is this property? Single family ranch, no pool, no hot tub, no balconies, in good repair. Spider your personal name, okay? Save the $800 and put that towards insurance. Because what I do know, insurance is going to work. I'm not so right. sure that the LLC in California is is going to work. Is protecting you. Yeah. So, so, so one of the other things that a Wyoming LLC helps with if you have a, uh, you do a holding company structure, okay. Wyoming holding company, LLC one in Ohio, LLC two in Florida, LLC three in New York, so on and so forth. You got all sure. those LLCs. They're all under your Wyoming umbrella that protects on a bottom up. Can they get to you? It's going to be very difficult to do. What happens if you're in a car accident and it's liability? There's no LLC to blame. It is just, I'm not going to say it's just Josh. It's just me. But just well, the person, yeah. Yeah, just the person. So they sue me. And they're going to go my insurance first. What if they go over my insurance? Well, you know, they'll go after what's in my bank accounts. They're going to go after what's easy. They may try to go after my LLC, especially if it's foreign than uh, I live in Colorado. If it's foreign than Colorado, they're going to be able to right. quickly and easily go after that LLC. If it's all held through a Wyoming LLC anonymously, they're not going to know or privately 
private and anonymous are different, privately through a Wyoming LLC, they're not going to know I own the Colorado LLC, so they're not going to know to go after that. And if they do go after the Wyoming LLC, they're going to have to go to a Wyoming court to do it. And the best that they'll be able to do is to get something called a charging order. And a charging order uh, really just allows that creditor to stand on the outside of the LLC and wait for a distribution to be made. If it's made, they can snatch it up. But as, as, okay. as, as you know, and I know, LLCs don't need to actually make distributions. They have to allocate sure. the tax burden. But I, I don't know if you've ever had, you know, phantom income situations where you're driving all the money back into the business, uh, but you wind up with a tax bill at the end of the year, right? So your company right. made 100000 but we bought $100,000 <laughs> piece of equipment in the company. I owe taxes on 100000 so the, right. the beauty is that the company doesn't actually need to distribute to the members, which would be snatched up by the creditors, but mm. because the creditor is entitled to that $100,000, the creditor gets the tax bill. No creditor oh. wants a charging order against a Wyoming LLC is what it winds up with at the end of the day. <laughs> so that uh, Wyoming LLC and the stuff underneath it is going to be protected from the claims of creditors against the individual members. It's also a lot of other things within Wyoming law in terms of uh, uh, transfer of interest and who can become a member and so on. Those are pretty common, but I call that top-down attack on the LLC yeah. and the subsidiaries, and then bottom-up attack, you got protection as well. The next step up from that, so we're talking about building here, get your, you know, maybe it's just insurance, sure. maybe it's a LLC in your state, maybe it's a holding company, maybe it's separating out the property from the liability with a uh, management company, property owning sort of setup or building owner, uh, manufacturer kind of setup. The, the next step up is a Wyoming asset protection trust. And it is, okay. there, there's been this arms race among trust jurisdictions as well, trying to create the most protective trust laws. And Wyoming has something called a self-settled qualified spendthrift trust, which means that I take okay. my money, I put it into a Wyoming trust and the Wyoming says that that those assets are not available to pay the claims of my creditors. Okay. My creditors cannot go after those assets. There's a, a, a okay. very short sort of seasoning period on the assets, which they're going to be exposed to something called a fraudulent transfer or avoidable transfer attack. But there's things you can do to shorten it to as short as 90 days. Uh, window on that mm. uh, on that potential attack, and those assets once they're in that trust, creditors are not going to be able to get to them. The the you, another question we get is you know is there a lot of case law on these uh, attacks on Wyoming asset protection trusting? The answer is no. Right, right. There's there's actually not a lot of attorneys who are willing to take it on. You know, if I, mean, I guess if you want to put down a quarter million dollar retainer, they might. But there's not attorneys, Wyoming licensed attorneys, who will go after an asset protection trust. I think there's some, you know, super creditors, we call them. You know, if you got the Treasury, IRS after you, if you've got an agency, you know, the SEC or uh, um, who else? Uh, regulatory bodies may go after it because right. they, they don't care about the cost. But right. other than that, spending. <laughs> other, other creditors, uh, judgment creditors are not going to uh, really have a desire to spend the money for a very uncertain and unlikely outcome. And so I know we only got a couple of minutes left. Yeah. A lot of the people that are watching pr most likely have some kind of LSC or a corporation or something set up. And 
let's say, and I know you probably mentioned a little bit was, and now they're thinking, okay, cool. I want to go get, you know, have a phone call with you and I want to go get my Wyoming LLC done. Since they already have one, uh, like in whatever state, Ohio, California, Mm -hmm. Texas, wherever they may be, then they would set up a brand new LLC in Wyoming, which then that would then own everything from like our company here in Ohio, for example. Yeah, you would do an assignment of your interest in the subsidiary to the holding company. As long as your ownership is not changing, right? It's you as 100% owner of the Ohio LLC. You assign your membership interest to Wyoming LLC and you're still 100% owner. There's there's no taxable event that occurs, not a recognition of a taxable event. Or if there's two or four, you know, four people and each owns sure. a quarter and they all four of them assign it up, there, there isn't yeah. a taxable event. You know, you want to draw a, a really uh, solid line in the sand so that as okay. of this date, I was no longer the owner. Uh, I need meeting minutes, consents from the companies. Uh, we recommend sending out notice to third parties because someone who entered into a contract with Ohio LLC, even if you're not a personal guarantor, had the understanding that you were on the other side of that company. And so by giving them a notice saying, I am no longer the owner, it is now Wyoming okay. LLC that is the owner, they're put on notice of that and it's going to provide some additional protections down the road if something goes horribly wrong. But it's a fairly easy yeah. process. Take all about you know 10 minutes and some paperwork to get done. By going to, you go to wyomingllcattorney.com, form your company. Uh, Wyoming is a bit slower than some states. It's not like an instantaneous filing, but uh, within 24 hours, we're going to get you a great set of documents. Uh, We're going to get you everything you need to open your bank accounts, uh, to interact with, with, with others. Because, you know, one of the things that can happen is you have a private LLC and some, uh, people you're dealing with say, well, how, how do I know you're actually the owner? And and we give you documentation that establishes, right? It's private information okay. that establishes you're the owner. You give it to them. And then if people right. want to get want to get crazy, we have other, you know, we do call them certificates of incumbency, which, you know, we sign and notarize and say, we formed this company for Josh. He is absolutely the only owner who's ever been owner of this company, blah, blah, blah. You know, so there you go. No, that's awesome. So people can go to that website. Um, that's where they can get more information, everything from. What's one last thing? Like, oh man, I really want to make sure I leave people with this before we go. I know I was hoping Josh was going to ask it, but he hadn't asked me that yet. Um, just something you want to let him know before we wrap up. I, I love the idea of keeping bank, and and you're you're putting in all this energy on the front end to make it. Spend a little bit of time, set up the structure, and keep it because something will happen. You know, I don't know how, how old you are, but the cri- I've been through so many crises of one sort or another, whether, you know, it's the most recent one or the 2008 one or the 2001 or the, you know, I mean, something will happen over the course of your business life. And if you're not proactive right. in setting it up, you're going to be up the creek. Yeah. No, that's good. All right, guys, I hope you guys were taking notes. Jonathan dove into a ton of different insights for you guys. Uh, different ways to start to structure or start to at least think about um, how you should want to structure your business, your, you know, whether you start to look at buying some real estate and some different ideas with that. Uh, you can jump online, take a look at what he's doing more, but go back and listen to this again. Listen to those notes and then set that initial call up. He's, he's, he'll spend 30 minutes on the phone and understand where you're coming from and figure out what those best strategies are for you because it's going to be different for me as it's going to be different for you and, you know, and then help you 
you guys come up with a game plan you know, for that. So, uh, Jonathan, I really appreciate your time today uh, coming on Making Bank, helping people keep bank, and uh, just uh, sharing your insights and expertise today. Josh, it was an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much, and I uh, look forward to working with some of your uh, listeners. I am Josh Felbert. You guys were watching Making Bank. Get out and be extraordinary. Thank you for listening to Making Bank. If you have enjoyed this episode, please leave a review. And sharing is caring. Follow Josh Felber on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram for more. You can also listen to Making Bank on Amazon Alexa, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and watch on Apple TV, Success Thinkers Network, Amazon Fire, and YouTube.